Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Well, um, I have the honor and privilege of introducing our speaker this morning. We're super, super excited. Um, if you are new here, this is your first time here at Trinity Beaumont, we really do want to honor every five-fold ministry gift. And so to have Jason Cattell speaking this morning is a huge deal. He has a ministry. And it's Yeah, let's give it up for Jason. We, we love him and his family. He's got a ministry, and it's called Freedom Crusades. And Andrew and I uh, actually have the honor and privilege of serving in his ministry, and we love it so much. But I just want to encourage you before he comes up here, I've been listening to this interesting book, and it talks about this guy who sees things in the spirit. And he talks about how when he's in services, how he sees all these angels like and, and angelic activity and like different angels like pouring oil on the heads of the people. And I just think, like, if you hear that for the first time, you're like, that's the wackiest thing I've ever heard. However, God responds to his people. God responds to your expectation. God's going to respond to whatever it is you're expecting from him. So it makes absolute sense that God would send his angels with different colored oils or to do different things. Or maybe people will laugh or fall out in the spirit. Why? Because he is responding to your expectation. So in the same way, I would just encourage you to honor the gift of God that's within Jason, and you will receive all that you came for. How many of you want to receive everything that you came for? Maybe you have questions and you want some answers. Well, I fully believe that if you lean in, maybe physically, but just metaphorically, lean into everything that he's saying, and you're going to get all that God has for you. Amen? Awesome. Well, Jason, without further ado. Well, it's an honor to be with you this morning. Michaela, are we good or no? No? Can you just let me know? So uh, I asked uh, the media team to do something at the last minute, which I have a tendency to do. But can we pray? I do. I call it being led by the Spirit. No, but truly, as things are flowing in the, in the uh, service today, I'm picking up on so many different things. And uh, I'm actually very excited about what I am picking up uh, that the Lord has for you. Uh, but let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that, that you're alive and that you speak through people. It was your design. Father, you use the foolish things to confound those that think they're wise. So, Father, today we humble ourselves. We receive by the Spirit what you want to say Father, and we pray, I pray, Lord, that every heart would be open to you, that the word that, that we receive would be planted on fertile soil and would produce much fruit in our lives. And we honor you, we love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name. We're good? So those of you that don't know me, my name is Jason Gattel. I am a, I'm a minister of Freedom Crusades. And, you know, like I said earlier, I was a, a drug addict for a long time, 13 years uh, for me, I just wanted to get sober. I was hopeless. When I say hopeless, uh, I, would, I was worse than most people 
that I mean, there wasn't a lot of people that were doing two thousand dollars a week in crack cocaine uh, that that I knew. In fact, my whole life was completely turned upside down. I remember reaching out to a church and just crying and saying, "I don't want to be like this anymore." And if it were not for Christ and the price that He paid for the remission of our sins, I would I would not be here today. I, I know that. My wife knows that. My family knows that. But because of Christ, I was able to reach out to a church, and I was able to find freedom. But I had no idea that part of the, the journey that I had set ahead of me was going to look like where I'm at today. Because not only did he get me sober, but he thought it was a good idea to send me around the world and to bring freedom to other people. Yeah. We're going to pause on this. We've got a, a quick video. I want to just show you what my life looks like today. So some of you, you have made a decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, right? But God has such, such an, an immeasurable plan for you. But we have to not limit him by our little faith, right? We have to ask ourselves, why did we get saved? What is his plan for us? And your journey is going to look different than mine. And we should never compare ourselves to somebody else. Because when we compare ourselves to that little measuring stick, we have a way of only saying we don't measure up to, to other people's standards. Be free from that. Be the person that Jesus intends for you to be. You have a ministry. You have a, he has a plan for you. We know this in Jeremiah 29, 11. But for me, my journey was, I thought I was just going to go on a mission trip. I went to Argentina in 2014. I experienced some wild things. If you ever want to see supernatural things, I would encourage you to go on a mission trip. I started to realize that I had a Superman cape every time I went overseas, and I, I just kept going back, and I practiced, and I learned how to function in the realm of the Spirit, right? So I've got a quick video for you. We're going to show you what it looks like, uh, what Freedom Crusades does internationally. Uh, I will tell you a little bit about what's coming in March, uh, because this house Based, we're based out of Trinity Church, so anybody that wants to attend from Trinity, the, the door is wide open for you guys to apply, okay? So, quick video. That lady right there is throwing up demons in Roatan. I think it's hilarious that a person that was tormented by demons would be sent on assignment to cast out demons. <laughs> I love that. There were 6,000 people in that room that night, or that day, and about 1,500 people raised their hand that they were healed. I told them to sit down, and to, I said, only the ones that are authentically healed, please stand up. Okay? About 1,500 people stood up again a second time, and that was when I realized that I was the only one struggling with faith in that moment. <laughs> That was my second crusade. Over 12,000 people were in that stadium that day. That's in Barcelona, Spain. That's Brian trying to dance. Now, Michaela, is the, is the other video going to have sound? Okay, both of them are not going to have sound, so we're not going to be able to use that other one. It's okay. All right, turn the lights back on. 
I want to talk to you about, uh, I was reading the scriptures, I was going through Proverbs, the Lord told me to read Proverbs, because if there was anything that I need more of to be able to handle the scope of the ministry that God's given me, I need wisdom. I need as much wisdom as I can get, okay? And so I asked the Lord, I said, Father, I need wisdom to be able to lead your people. I need wisdom to be able to, to handle the scope of the assignment that you're giving. Because this crusade ministry is not only just growing, it's beginning to grow exponentially. So we're, we're going into, for example, is it background noise? Oh, great. Thank you. I thought things were getting very serious. <laughs> so anyway, the, uh, the ministry is growing very quickly, and I, I found myself in a situation where I could be intimidated by the assignment the Lord has given me. See, all, and I want to just talk to you about this journey. Why, is, why are things accelerating the way that they are? Because I believe. Because I'm, I'm a pioneer of God. I want to experience all that he has for me. There's, you cannot show me or, or tell me, I cannot experience the things that I've experienced with Jesus and not say, can we press these boundaries even more? I want, uh, what I've learned is when I believe the word and I put it into action, I see results. And I really wish we could play that video for, uh, that in Lowe's. If there's any way possible, there's no way. It's okay. There's a video in Lowe's. I'm with the kids. We're buying a Christmas tree. This lady hobbles by, and she's, she's got, uh, you know, I don't know, eight out of ten pain. And I began to pray with, well, I, I asked her, I said, what do you need prayer for? And she said, well, I can't have a child. And I said, well, what about your foot? Okay. So she needed to prayer for two things. She was just thinking, you know, I'll just, I'll deal with my foot, but I can't have a child. That was her priority. So in this video, it just came up in the anniversary of uh, Facebook. You know, they remind you every, every year. So it was around Christmas time. We were getting our Christmas tree, like I said. So anyway, I began to pray with her. I said, the Lord's going to heal your foot, and then you're going to have faith enough to believe that he's going to heal your womb, right? So anyway, I prayed with her. God instantly healed her in such a great testimony. My kids are right there. They're recording. In fact, they're the ones that are recording. How awesome is it that your kids can see miracles happening through their parents, right? So anyway, I'm praying for her. She instantly gets healed, and suddenly God's big enough to heal her womb, just like I said, right? So I prayed for her, and it's all caught on tape. My kids are the ones recording. So I'm praying, and she can't have children, right? And then uh, I get a message from her years later. She has three kids now, okay? So she, like, took this very serious, right, this healing but the power of God is in you. And the only way that the world around us can be transformed is if we let him out. We have to be doers of the word, not only hearers of the word. And see, this is before COVID, before all the vaccines, before everything that's, that's happening in the world right now. This is what, we, what I would consider normal world, where unfortunately it was not common to pray for miracles, signs, and wonders everywhere you went. I didn't see a lot of people doing that. Okay, but now that we have the world, the world has changed, has it not? There's the world before COVID and the world after COVID. In December of 2019, I had a dream. And in this dream, I'm standing on a, uh, it's like a pier. It went over the water, but it, it, it was a room. Okay, and on, on the, it's hard to describe. So anyway, it's a room that went over the water. 
Okay, so if you were to build a beach house over the water, but the front part of it was right at the line of the beach, and you walked into the room, and all three sides of the rooms were made of glass. The top was just a normal roof. But I was speaking to two people. And in this dream, I'm just talking to these two people. And, uh, you know, we're just talking about whatever, just, you know, small talk. And then as we're speaking, we're not paying attention, but the, the tides began to rise next to us. And I started to notice, after it was about halfway up on the room, of the walls, I started to notice that the tides were getting higher and higher, and they began to crash against the wall. And then all of a sudden, this I, I, I speak to the two people that I'm talking to, and I say, we need to get out of this room. The, this, these waves are about to overtake us. And I remember in the dream specifically feeling like there's harm coming, but it's not going to attack. It's not going to touch me. I'm going to be okay. In fact, in the dream, I thought, how are they going to handle this? It was never whether or not I was going to be under attack. It was I could I knew judgment was coming and I was concerned for everybody else. So I'm speaking to them and I'm saying we need to go to safety. I need to get out of this room. And on the way out of the room, I look up on the left side. There's this glass wall. I look up and there's a wave of about 50 to 100 feet tall. I don't don't know. I mean, it's crested and it was about to smash and take this room over. Now, that was December of 2019. I have a, a spiritual son, Brett Treadway, I speak uh, into his life, and we were at lunch, and I told him about this dream, and he said, that's interesting, I had a dream about a wave, and a, a tidal wave was coming, and he said, I googled, and I found out that people all over the world were blogging about a tidal wave is coming. See, in the spirit realm, the Lord was speaking and telling his people, a wave is coming, and it wasn't a wave of revival. I was hoping, you know, this is a wave of the Spirit. This is going to be an awesome thing. But I know the feeling of judgment that I felt in that dream. I knew something was coming. See, we're in a world right now that if you don't not only know the Word, but you're accustomed to putting it into action, your defenses, your weapons of warfare, we're going to be sitting in your holster and incapable of putting it into action and, and keeping you and your family safe. And I want you to understand that for my house, it's not going to happen. I live in a place, in a relationship with the Lord, that when I speak, he moves. And you might think, well, that's prideful. It's not prideful. It's I understand my relationship with my Lord. See, when I spoke to the woman at Lowe's and I said, the Lord's going to heal your foot so that you have enough faith to, uh, to believe for him to heal your womb. I knew that if I believed the relationship that I have with my dad, he's going to move. See, he's, he's the one that raised me up and began to teach. He teaches me that I'm a prince and I've inherited a kingdom. And so I understand who I am with him. See, when he sends me somewhere, I know he'll never not show up. I remember when we first started doing these healing services. It was so mind-boggling. Because I used to say, Lord, how do I know you're going to heal that day? How am I going to have a healing service and say on October 19th, God's going to heal people? How do you know? And the Lord said something to me profound. He says, I'll never send you somewhere and not show up. So that means I better make sure that he sent me. And if he did, he'll show up. That's what it's like to be a son. He doesn't play games with us. He wants so much to build an authentic relationship with his sons and daughters. 
He wants you to believe him. Not, not only for relationship purposes, but also that's the primary reason. But also because he wants to equip you to overcome with what is coming our way in this world. See, I'm not ill-equipped. Now, I'm not saying I'm arrived. But I can tell you I've experienced some things during COVID that shows me how important faith is. I don't know. I'm just going to tell you everything. <laughs> I'm going to tell you some things. I was trapped in Honduras with uh, Jamie and uh, Tish and a few other people. Uh, we were in Honduras uh, when the president of the, of the country decided to shut the nation down. Uh, and they told us that we have till midnight to leave the nation. But that wasn't true because we hurried and got to the airport, all of us. We had packed 10 people in 30 minutes and ran to the airport. And the nation was shut down. The, the, the airports were uh, guarded by machine guns. There was no way out. And it was in that moment that we had just poured the slab for our house in uh, uh, I think it was January or March, something like that. So anyway, no, it was March. Because we this was March that we got shut down in Honduras. And so I get a phone call from my builder, and he says, uh, Jason, your framing package is ready to be delivered. And I said, he's, I, he asked me, what, I, what do I want to do? And I said, let me pray about this for a moment. Because you have to understand, at that time, I'm in another country. There's gunshots outside of our windows at, at night. We're in a third world country uh, that used to be the murder capital of the world. We're one of the top five. So it's not a place where you want to get quarantined, right, for two, three weeks. So anyway, we weren't just quarantined. There was no way out. Was there a way out? We were so trapped that I was thinking about going to Belize with a team of people and leaving the country on a boat. Okay, thankfully, the Lord gave me wisdom to not do that, right? But we're really trying to find a way out because I want to get to my family because we're being told that there's martial law and all of you guys were buying up all the toilet paper in the, in the uh, grocery stores. So anyway, you're getting pictures. I'm getting pictures from my wife of the grocery stores completely empty. And all I know is that I'm a dad. I want to protect my family and I'm trapped thousands of miles away in, in the, uh, a third world country. And then I get this weird phone call. Hey, Jason, do you want to uh, have your framing package delivered for your house so you can con continue construction on your house? What do you do in this situation? So I began to do the only thing I knew how to do is to talk to my dad. He's a king. He's kind of in control of everything. And so I said, Father, I don't know what to do in this situation. He says, I'm trying to bless you if you'll believe me. And so I had to immediately overlook all of the things that I could see with my natural eyes. And I had to go by what my Lord told me he wanted to do in my life. So I had to make a decision right then. And it really wasn't that hard because I had already exercised the muscles of faith. So I knew that if I believed him, the hand of God would move. I knew that principle. So I said, Father, I'm going to believe you so big that, you're, that I'm going to build a testimony for your goodness. I remember making the decision that I was not going to lay off one of my employees and I wasn't going to cut one of their hours and I was going to build a testimony that was going to bring honor to God the Father. I saw my business from 2019. Now I've been in business for 24 years. My business from 2019, which was not a record year, but really decent year, it went up 95% during COVID. 
Now, you may think, well, that was just, you know, a one-of-a-kind situation. First of all, that's amazing to begin with. But then even this year, it's continued to increase when it should be decreasing. See, the things that the world has to deal with, I'm not going to be subjected to some of those things because I live in an insulated bubble. Just like that dream that I had, I knew that I was going to be okay, but I was worried about the people that were around me. There are times coming, and I don't believe this whole, and this is not to uh, plant fear. I don't believe in fear. In fact, I have no fear of what's coming. I know the world is losing its mind. I know that the attacks are not over. But for some reason, and I say that tongue-in-cheek, but I know the reason, I have no fear. I'm making my decisions in my life, my business, my personal finances, my relationship with my kids, based on one thing. I know who I am in Christ. I know that the relationship that I have with him is all that I need to sustain anything that this world is going to throw at me or my family. He is an unmovable force. He is a boundary of protection around me and my family. No weapon formed against me, my family, or my business will prosper in the days ahead. Now, the scripture says, David knew this. And I always struggle with this. And I I really need to uh, remember this scripture. But a thousand will fall by my... Which side, though? I always get the left and the right hand mixed up. But I could have said it and you wouldn't have known. (laughs) Maybe you would have. So say it again. A thousand will fall by my by my side and 10,000 by my right side, but it will not come near my dwelling. I know what that feels like. I know how to live that today. I want you to know this scripture the Lord gave us during, during um, worship. Therefore, this is Matthew seven twenty four through 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house, yet it did not collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them, here it is, guys, you can hear the word and not do it, and it'll have no effect in your life. But if you hear the word, you know the word, and the word is Jesus, and I'm going to show you that in a moment. But if you know the word intimately, and then you're wild and crazy enough to put it into action, to actually believe the word enough to go do it. See, if you don't do the word, do you really believe the word? Do you treat the word as common? If you read the word of God and you're not impressed with it enough to actually go put it into action, I believe you know it intellectually, but it never made it to your heart. And then we have a, a, a culture of hearers that don't do. And then we watch the world around us sinking into insanity, driven by fear, making decisions that are binding God's people, and you have no effect on them. But see, for me and for my household, we're going to believe the word. When we see someone at Lowe's, for example, that, that can't bear a child, and we know the light of Christ is in us, we're going to care enough about that person, and that's love in action. We're going to care enough about them to pray for them. And for the rest of her life, her life is transformed. She has a family now. 
one person that cared enough to pray and to believe the word and to, and to put it into action now gave birth to three children. What would happen if we all began to do the same thing? We would have overpopulation. <laughs> that would be the worst nightmare for po- those population control people. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Guys, I believe that is the state of the church by and large. Now, that might be offensive to somebody, but I'm, I'm at the stage of watching what's going on around us where I don't care what people think anymore. Here's what I've, what I've learned about people's opinions. If I do drugs, I get judged. If I'm on fire for God, I get judged. So I'm telling you, I don't care. You have to just sort that out with yourself. I'm here to tell the truth and to raise up an army of God, of doers of the word that will go out and transform the world that's slipping into insanity. Okay, I'm going to tell you another thing. Me and a lot of other people spoke into a guy that had, and I know we're live stream, that, that, that thought he was a woman. Spoke into his life. Okay, made him say his, his male name in my office. And I saw him convulse as the demon was trying to get him to not say his name. I saw transformation happen. There has to be, a, there's a certain violence that's behind doing the word. Violence? That sounds terrible. God is love. God is love. But love took the heads off of a lot of Philistines, didn't he? Love looks different than what the lovey-dovey people think. Okay, now, I'm, I understand love. I understand the presence of God coming over us so much so that all I can do is hug the hell out of somebody. I understand this. I understand the context of love. But at the same time, love does look like confrontational in the way of bringing somebody into truth. It's not love telling somebody that sin is okay. It's not. If somebody would have loved me and said, you know what? I understand that you, know, you're, you have a, a, a problem with cocaine. You're entitled to be able to do whatever makes you feel good. That's not love. Loving me is telling me. I remember what my sponsor told me. I cried like a baby when Russ, my sponsor, I was in this group, a group of about 12 guys, and we were all a bunch of knuckleheads trying to find Jesus. And I just cried like a baby, and I said, you know, deep down, I'm really a good person. And Russ looked at me, he says, Jason, and he said this with the most gentle, loving heart. He says, right now you're not. See, I remember looking at Deidre when she held my daughter at the front door. And I had done a little bit of cocaine. And so the craving was so strong, so magnetic, that I had to go and leave them, make a lie up to where I could make an explanation of why I needed to leave the house. It was all a lie. And I felt so pathetic as I, as I left and drove off and I saw them in the doorway. And I had to leave my wife and my daughter. It, I was not a good person at that, at that time. And love, the loving thing to tell me at that moment was, Jason, right now you're in denial. Wow. 
the person that you want to be, you're not today. See, I was judging my intentions, but the, but I was realizing that only... Have you ever noticed that on, only we judge our intentions? But when we judge other people, it's by their actions. See, if I had judged my actions, I was a, a piece of work. You know, I needed help, right? But I judge, but we're really soft on ourselves. Like, I'm just a good person. I'm just deep down. It's way down there, you know? <laughs> you know? But loving people requires that we tell the truth sometimes. In love, I mean, there, you can be brutally honest and call that love, and that's not love either. You know, so, I mean, we do have to be tempered, and that's something I had to learn over the years. We do have to extend mercy. God extended a lot of mercy to me. I remember being, I was driving through the Albertsons. Uh, it used to be Albertsons, now it's a uh, market basket. And I just, I started just crying. I said, Lord, why? I just saw this picture of a righteous white hand, like a white glove, cleanest white glove, going into this toilet sewage water to pull me out. I said, why did you touch me? I was filthy. He, he loves us so much that he, he's willing to take what is holy and to reach into what's not holy to be able to bring us into restoration. Now, to complicate things, he chooses to use you to reach people that are in darkness. And if you don't do the word... If you come to church and you hear the word and you do nothing with what you hear, then not only are you deceived, but the people that the Lord wants to reach through you remain in darkness. Where's Katie? So anyway, Katie and I used to, or at one time we were at Walmart. And uh, and I started walking out the door. And I'm sensitive. I mean, if you know me, you'll know that I, I feel things at a unusual rate okay like oil dumping on my head fired and stuff like that okay so anyway i'm walking out the door and uh and then all of a sudden i feel oil on my head and i know that the lord wants to do something and i said stop we were just about to walk out the door do you remember that katie and so i said the lord wants to do something and we begin to pray and say father what do you want to do do you ever do that okay he usually has a plan Right, So we put our heads down, and I, I prayed. I don't remember exactly how it unfolded. But the Lord told us to go to the dressing room. So we go to the dressing room. And there's a lady there, and she, she has a, a, a sprained ankle or whatever. It was wrapped. And she had alcohol in her breath. And my daughter, my kids love this kind of stuff. They get to see people's lives transformed. Right? If there's anything that I would like to leave with my kids... It's to not be okay with people going to hell. So good. To, to not be so insensitive to the Holy Spirit that we can't stop. Actually, there's the oil. Just for a second. Now, I'm going to tell you that I promised the Lord that any time the oil dumped on my head, I would, I would pause. So if you could just bow your head for a moment. It stopped, the oil stopped dumping on my head for about two months. And I said, Lord, why did you stop dumping oil on my head? And he said, because you stopped paying attention when I did it. So, Father, I pray that you would 
release your oil over your people. You know, it's funny. I was in uh, Honduras about three, how many, was it six weeks ago now? And the, the power was out. Uh, they did rolling blackouts. And I sat down, and I listened to the Lord, and the whole place blew up. It was, it was you couldn't tell me that's not revival. It was, it was incredible. There are so many things the Lord wants to speak to us about if we will learn how to be sensitive to his Holy Spirit, know how to tune in to what he's saying, and then be willing to do it. It's not that complicated. And I just want to repeat this, but anyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. See, my house is not built on sand. As the world around me is deteriorating, my businesses are increasing, and every area of my life is literally being upgraded. And that's not bragging. It's a testimony. And if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for all believers. It's his character. But he does reward faith. He wants you to believe him. And I'm going to tell you again, the world that we're moving into, the, season that's, the, the seasons that are ahead require you to not only know what weapons you carry, but know how to use them, right? This might not be super exciting to hear, but I think you'll appreciate it once you need your tools, right? <clears throat> All right, now I'm going to read to you uh, Proverbs 8.22. We have to remember that Jesus is the Word. Actually, I'm going to start with uh, John 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and all things were created through Him. Are you all things? So you were created through the Word? All things were created through Him, and apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. That means everything was created through the Word. So who is the Word? All right. So I was reading Proverbs as the Lord told me to, getting back to what I was saying. I was going through Proverbs because I need wisdom to lead God's people through the ministry of Freedom Crusades. And I stumbled on Proverbs 8:22 through 31. And I want to read this to you because it made me super excited when I read it. Now, there was uh, Oral Roberts did a uh, word study, and a, he, he found Jesus in every book of the Bible. So I said, I started thinking, why, why haven't I heard of this before? This is Jesus speaking. Now, in the word, it, it, just, it says that it's wisdom speaking. But you tell me if this is Jesus. In the beginning, I was there for God. Now, I'm reading in the Passion Translation, and I think I have it on the screen. In the beginning, I was there for God possessed me even before he created the universe. From eternity past, I was set in place before the world began. I was anointed from the beginning before the ocean depths were poured out and before there were any glorious fountains overflowing with water. I was there dancing. Can you picture Jesus dancing? Now, Jesus, which was the word that became flesh, was dancing as God was creating and forming the earth. 
Is this exciting to you or is it only to me? Even before one mountain had been sculpted or one hill raised up, I was already there dancing. When he created the earth, the fields, and even the first atom of dust, I was already there. When he hung the tapestry of the heavens and stretched out the horizon of the earth, when the clouds and the skies were set in place and the subterranean fountains began to flow strong, I was already there. When he set in place the pillars of the earth and spoke the decrees of the seas, commanding the waves so that they wouldn't overstep their boundaries, I was already there, close to the Creator's side. Now this is where it gets even better. As I was, as I was there, close to the Creator's side, as the Master's artist, daily he was filled with delight in me as I playfully rejoiced before him. I laughed and I played so happy with all that he had made while finding my delight in the children of men. That's you. He wants an intimate relationship with us. He wants to teach you that you've inherited a kingdom. He wants to raise you up as a prince that knows how to use its sword. You weren't created to just go to church, have three songs, three points, and close, and go home, go to a buffet, and take a nap. I did that for a long, long time. And I will confess that naps on Sunday are the best. There's something anointed about a Sunday nap. There's something about it. But if we don't do what the Lord tells us to do, if we don't put into action the words that we receive, if the people around us walk right by us, you can see by discernment. Who has discernment in this room? Can you just be honest? Can you see when people are hurting? Do you have enough guts to stop and say God loves you? I remember when I was at a a Mexican restaurant, and I walked by this this guy. He was right by the restroom. There was a little table, and it was just him. And he he was a gay guy. And the Lord said, go tell him I love him. I said, no way. I was a baby, baby, baby Christian. It wasn't that he was gay that I didn't want to tell him that. It was because I was scared to talk on behalf of God. I was just get, I had just gotten saved. But I felt like such a failure when I walked by him. And then the Lord would let me see him at Kroger. And then he would let me see him at H-E-B. Then I would see him at the pizza place. Just like GPS, he redirects us when we make a wrong turn, Right? And so, anyway, when I walked by the table, the Lord says, tell him I love him. And I said, Lord, I cannot do that. You know, and I felt like such a failure. And it was about two years later, I saw him at Kroger one last time. And I said, I am so tired of thinking about this. Next time I see him, I'm going to tell him, God loved you two years ago. (laughs) I'm sure he still does. But I was ready to tell him that God loves you. So there again, I'm at, the, I'm at Kroger, and here we are going through this aisle, and, and I see him. I'm like, here we go. And I said, sir, I just have to tell you that two years ago, I was, at, uh, I was at Carmela's, and the Lord told me to tell you that he loved you, and I was afraid to tell you, and it's bothered me for two years. And I just want to say, I want to make this right, and I want to tell you that God loves you. Wow. And he says, thank you so much for telling me that. That was it. It was a victory. 
So before you think you have to do these huge things for Jesus, your ministry starts out with one day at a time, one person at a time, and just being a voice of hope for somebody that is desperate for Jesus. They don't even know it. And there's someone in the room today that I poured a lot of my life into discipling and helping. But those, those, that journey of pouring into a, another person, as simple as that looks, is, is so profound for the, for the other person. But also, that's what led me to the ministry that I have today. So coming up in March, we have three cities that we're going to be evangelizing. Three cities in three days. On Thursday, we're reaching a city called Lesaba. I was asleep. I woke up. My, my eyes opened. And then I heard literally the word Lesaba. I thought, why in the world am I thinking about the city in Honduras uh, before I even wake up? And then about an hour and a half later, I get an invitation to Lesaba. And now in March, we have a crusade of 12,000 people organized to, to bring hope and healing to a whole city. What I didn't know is the next night, we were going to reach another 12,000 people in a city called Progresso. And what I didn't know is that on Saturday night, we were going to reach 30,000 people in the large city of San Pedro Sula. We're reaching over 50. We're expected to reach and impact over 50,000 people in three days with three different cities. And my ministry started with telling a man from Carmelis that God loves you. Just start simple. Just love people. Don't be okay with people going to hell around you. The light of Jesus Christ is in you, not only to stop you from going to hell, but what if you knew what was possible, what God could accomplish through you if you would be willing to put his word into action? So can we pause that for a second? It's making me a little bit lethargic. <laughs> That's good. It was good, though. But I was realizing, I'm like, mm. <laughs> So if everybody, just for a moment, if you want to be, if you're willing to be a doer of the word and you know, if you were to pause and just ask the Holy Spirit, are you putting into action his word? And if not, are you willing to make that right this morning? I want to pray with you. I, and you know, a prayer has results if you expect them to, right? But also your call to action, when the Lord invites you and you take that first step, he responds. It's, it's his character. So he's given you an invitation today to be a doer of the word, not only a hearer of the word. So I just want to ask you for a moment to just bow your head and just ask him, say, Father, have I put into action your word to the degree that you would have me? Father, are you calling me today to step into a new season of faith? And what did he say? I'm going to tell you one last thing. The journey of following Jesus. Now, Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. 
We've heard that a million times. But have you ever really thought about it? Where, if you're going to follow Jesus, where are you going to follow him to? Is your life going to look like his? See, I thought when I went around, I got so excited when these miracle signs and wonders started happening. I would pray for everybody everywhere that I, I went. One time I had to go to the grocery store to get something. Deidre sent me to HEB. I'm running, I'm getting my, my food, and I walk by, and this lady's going like this. I'm like, I don't have time, but real quick. And I prayed for her. She instantly got healed, and then I went back, and, and I was just about on time uh, when I got home. One time I went to Kroger, and I got stuck there for two hours. Revival broke out in the, in the milk aisle, okay? So things, things happen. But what I, what I will say is that what we're looking at, the world that we're stepping into right now, there's never been a time that being a doer of the word is more important. So what did the Lord tell you? Yes? yes? So can we stand up? Now, Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you've called your people into, into a new season, Father, of doer, becoming doers of the word. Father, I also ask that you, be, you help us to become more sensitive to your Holy Spirit. Those little impulses of the Spirit that guide us, Father. And I'm reminded of Romans 8.14, that those that are led by the impulses of the Spirit, these will be the mature sons of God. So, Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you're revealing the sons of God that we read about in, in Romans 8, 19, that all creation is crying out, groaning for the revealing of the sons of God. If you're willing to, to be used mightily by the Lord. Now, I, I started to tell you something. I kind of got derailed on this. But the journey of Jesus, the price that we pay, as we're following the Lord, we, have, we can't be surprised when, our, when we experience things like persecution. I thought when I'm going around and praying for people, this is what I started to say, and I kind of, like I said, got derailed. I thought that when I'm praying for people, it was going to be the most exciting thing. Everyone was going to receive this with, with love and kindness, and they were all going to get excited. I had no idea that I was going to lose friends, that I was going to suffer persecution. I had no idea, because it didn't make sense. Like, isn't this what we always prayed for? This is revival. This is the move of the Spirit. This is what we've been taught for 15 years that I've been in church. All I wanted to do was get sober, and then I'm, I'm going through this uh, to church for 15 years, and then all of a sudden, when I start doing it, I start experiencing pushback and persecution. And then the Lord revealed to me, Jason, do you realize that you're following me? Do you realize that you're experiencing the things that I went through? See, when I read the Bible now, and I read what Jesus went through, now to a degree, I mean, I'm saying I only understand a fraction of what he went through. But I understand things today that I did not understand before when I first read it. The price that you pay to be a doer of the word will require something from you. You'll have skin in the game. And the enemy will do everything he can to rattle your cage so you can sit down and stay quiet. I have made a decision for me that I don't care what the cost is. Now, I say this, but I would so much rather be able to speak to a mountain, command it to be uprooted and cast into the sea. I would much rather be able to speak to COVID. 
I would much rather not have fear. Do you know that everywhere I go, okay, all these different countries, there, there's COVID requirements, and now they're getting to the point where they're requiring vaccines. Now, I'm not saying uh, my whatever you believe about the vaccine is up to you. I don't judge one way or the other. But I had a dream, a very, very intense dream that had the fire of God uh, around me when I woke up, and it was about the vaccine. For me, I'm not taking it. Okay, so I could have fear that that I'm not going to be able to travel and do the crusades, but it's not my ministry to defend. I can live in peace because of my position with him. So... Yes, there's a consequence for living this life of faith. But what a life it is to live. So if you're ready to be a doer of the word, I just want to pray with you. Just come on up. And if we can get the worship team to come uh, come back up. I just want to pray for those that want to step into more. going to worship for a moment, and I'm going to wait on the Lord. I already know you're a doer. You're going to California, sharing the gospel, everywhere he goes. Jesus. Jesus. We're going to worship for a moment, and I'm going to just wait on the Lord's timing. So last night, we had a revival service, and the fire of God was so intense that I was just drenched with, with sweat. And uh, I'm feeling these, these swirls of power going around me, and I'm thinking, Father, this is wild. It's getting thicker and stronger and more intense. I go home. I'm driving on the way to the house. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm thinking, I used to leave the bars at 2 o'clock in the morning. I've always drank too much. Now I drink too much of the new wine. I indulge in his goodness. I'm saturated by his kindness. I tasted of the Lord. I found out that he was good. And I kept wanting more. And no matter what this world throws at me, I'm willing to go farther. There have been moments when I felt like Mack trucks were hitting me emotionally. And, I, and the enemy, I, I saw this, uh, this minister say, it's the territory you've taken is what the enemy's after. And I, and I thought about that. I'm like, I have been trying to articulate that exact point for a long time. I've never quite nailed it. Why does the enemy continue to throw all that he throws at you because you're gaining territory. You're beginning to believe big. I remember I was driving one day, and guys, when I'm telling you this stuff, I, out of reverence for the Lord, I would never exaggerate. So if anything, I'll, I'll make sure that I hedge it a little bit. So I'm driving down the road one day, and the manifestation of fire came over me. So it was not a little bit, because I'm, sometimes I'll have like, flames on my head this was full body power came over me and I'm driving I'm like what are you doing Lord I wasn't thinking about anything spiritual I'm just driving and but it was 
it was power on top of power. It was significant. And I said, Lord, this, what are you doing? And he says, the anointing unlocks things. I said, it unlocks things. What do you mean by that? And he says, what's bound in heaven is bound on earth. What's loosed in heaven is loosed on earth. He said, the anointing unlocks things. Then I started to understand Kenneth Copeland and Jesse Duplantis, all these people, they attract wealth and they get attacked by people that are broke because they don't believe big. They, they, get, they, they get attacked by all these people. And I believe they couldn't stop themselves from attracting wealth. And I am, are you a prosperity preacher? I, I'm, a, I'm a faith believer. You know, I don't preach uh, um, poverty. But my own experience has been that he wiped all of my family's debts off. I had $400,000 of debts. Wiped my debt clean. So yes, I believe that the Lord can multiply uh, our, 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 our resources to equip us to be able to accomplish his will. So what am I telling you this for? The anointing unlocks things. If you're willing to pay the price of following Jesus, to pick up your cross on one day at a time and follow him, you will position yourself to begin to walk in the anointing of God. And what you set your attention and your affections on will begin to manifest. In other words, he gives you the desires of his heart after your heart aligns with his. Right? Can you just grab hands for a moment? I believe very much in community. I believe it's one of the reasons why the enemy's trying to get us to stay separated. See, you're receiving. Just continue to receive. I didn't get into all of the tools that are inside of your spirit. John 7:38 says that from your bellies will flow rivers of living water. That means that you have rivers of kingdom resources that can be released around you. So, Father God, I call down the Holy Spirit upon your people. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your anointing to equip your people to be doers of the word, not only hearers, Father. And allow the Lord to begin to breathe on you. Allow the Lord to begin to equip you. To fill you with his anointing. What is his anointing, you may ask? It's his power working through you to equip you to do uncommon things. Christians were created to be carriers of glory. This powerless Christian experience that we're seeing all around us is not his design. Read the Bible. None of the believers. I mean, I'm reading Philip the Evangelist that transported when he, he, he suddenly, he's walking next to the eunuch, and he begins to lead the eunuch to Jesus. He baptized the eunuch, and suddenly, he's gone. That's a normal Christian life. <laughs> What's your name? Tass? Nice to meet you, Tass. Are you supernatural? I am a supernatural. Are you a Christian? Okay, then you're supernatural. All right. The word supernatural... It can be interchanged with spirit. We are spiritual creatures. We're in a temporal body. 
We have eternity. We are actually in our eternity right now. When you leave your body, this body is it ceases to to live, but your spirit goes on forever. We are supernatural. We have to settle it. When we speak, our Father moves. When we walk in obedience to the Father, then our, the favor that we walk in literally moves mountains. Focus on Jesus. So the word says, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. We have to detach ourselves from what, what we think we understand because our eyes lie to us. See, I had no idea, 15 years, I had no idea that I could lay hands on the sick and see them recover. And then when I began to see miracles begin to happen, I started to wonder what else was possible. And see, when you read the Bible and you begin to see that John the Beloved was on Patmos and he's in the spirit realm and he hears a trumpet, if he can do that, so can I. There are so many resources, so much revelation that's locked up in the Word of God that when we hear the Word and we apply ourselves in that situation, we can begin to look for those same experiences to happen in our life. We want more. Do you know destiny is locked up inside of you? We are so craving supernatural experiences. We know that something's missing in our lives. It's the Holy Spirit. It's His Holy Spirit. <laughs> 
I don't care about looking foolish. I looked foolish for the enemy for a long, long time. And I will not be ashamed of the true gospel of Jesus Christ.
I want you to hear this for a moment. The enemy wants to take the ground that we've taken. And he's done it for me. But one of the things that was so effective in me losing ground, which you would think that as hard-headed as I am and as bold as, as I am at times, that I couldn't have the enemy talk me out of my inheritance. But it, it, some of the tactics the enemy uses are very effective. All right. One of the things they say, the enemy has no power that we don't give him. We have authority over our temple. We have authority over what we believe, what we choose to align ourselves with. And I'm telling you, the, the, there was this little uh, uh, picture on Facebook. It was a couple days ago. It's got these three snakes with these little tongues, and it was in the person's ear. Did you see that? And I was thinking, that's exactly right. The demons whisper in your ears so that it can get you to believe the lie. And once you bite that apple, once you believe the lie, then suddenly you'll shrink down. And that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. You have an inheritance inside of you. And God is trying to extract that, trying to reveal who you are to yourself. And the enemy will try to whisper in your ear. And some of the things that he told me, I'm going to tell you so you can compare notes. And you'll say, well, you know what? That's weird because he told me the same thing. The enemy told me that what's in me, nobody wants. I was so crushed. I've, there were times where I felt like not only did I lose all my friends because I went from here to here. 15 years worth of friends. But then my inner, he says, okay, you passed this test. You forgave everybody. Now can, now what about your inner circle, your closest friends? 
because this is the journey that Jesus went through. His closest friends turned on him. And so when I, when I went through that journey, I feel like I just don't want to do this anymore. And it was in the moment of pruning, as the Lord was, was healing me of the opinions of man, the enemy gets in there with this twisted little snaky self, and he says, nobody wants what's in you. It's not worth the price that you're paying. You should just give up right now. And to a degree, a part of me bit on that. And I, I toned it down a little bit. And, I, and I, I know what happened. But since then, I've made a decision that all of the ground that the Lord gave me is not up for sale. It's not for sale. And it never went anywhere. The Lord doesn't give it to you and then take it away. Can we even say Indian giver anymore? Probably can't say that, huh? Can you say that? Isn't that like the Washington football team now? Okay. <laughs> but the Lord doesn't give it to you. Oh, psych. Should have been faster, right? The ground that he gives you, it's yours to keep. You have dominion over that ground. So we can't let demons talk us out of our inheritance. Amen? All right. So in fact, as you begin to take more ground, realize one thing about Jesus. He wants to give you more. But the farther you go with him, the greater the price. And as you learn how to use your tools well, and you're, you're a mighty warrior of God. You know that? But one of the things that I, that I like about you and that, that I see with you is that you're, you're not only willing but you're, you're going to do it, okay? Because you're willing, you're going to do it. But there's a purity of your heart that makes it very easy for you to be able to receive and put it into action, right? But I'm, I'm just telling you, as you begin to function and, and use your tools well, you're going to realize that, hey, for me, no matter what the enemy throws at me, I'm not going to stop. Have you ever seen Terminator where it's like he, the Terminator only has one arm left, okay, and he's still going... To my last breath, I have decided I'm going to continue. I'm going to serve the Lord. And as I continue to be hard-headed for Jesus, right, then God's going to give us more ground, going to give me more ground. But I'm not going to compromise. There are things the Lord is requiring of me for 2022 that I, I think every one of us should ask the Lord, what do we need to give that's a distraction that's standing in the way of the greater that God has for us. For me, I don't fast enough at all. I struggle with fasting. But also I allow distractions to erode my time and in intimacy with the Lord. And it's not okay. The enemy's robbing me one minute at a time. One day at a time, one minute at a time. And so as I move into 2022, I want to work on the intimacy that I have with Jesus. I want to begin to weaken my flesh so that my spirit rises up. Because look, this may sound prideful. It's not. I just know that even not fasting, I still function in a pretty healthy amount of fire. Okay? I can get by without anybody knowing that I'm not in intimacy and in the word Okay, and it's not okay. Now, 
I am in the Word, and I do spend time with the Lord. But there are seasons when I get really busy, and it, and it two weeks goes by really quick, and I'm like, "What in the world just happened?" It happens quick. We have to move. We have to the 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 season that we're stepping into. It's very important that we're intentional. Do you have to be intentional with your bills? Do you have to be intentional with your finances? If you're not, then the bill collectors become intentional. I want to be intentional with the Lord so that I'm staying on the offense and I'm not on the defense. I know the enemy's strategies. He's given me his playbook. I know everything that he's going to say and do in advance. Most, most of the time, it's always steal, kill, and destroy. And if we were to take his playbook... Every mission trip, right, two or three weeks before the mission, time speeds up really, 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 really fast. I know the playbook. That's why we have to finish three weeks before in advance because we're going to be on the offense, not the defense. We have to make decisions. Are we going to win? If we're going to win, we have to learn how to play well, right? We have to be doers of the word. God bless you guys. It's been an honor. Guys, listen, God's going to respond to your decisions today. Okay, so when you go out there, if the enemy tries to shake your cage, just say, no matter what, I will not bend my knee to the temptations of demons. I will not lose crown. Amen?